0: All right, we've been talking about discouragement. Man, what a, what a time our nation is in for discouragement. It is so easy to be down, to be so far down that even as Christians, even as the church, that we struggle to hear God, that we even desire to hear God, that we feel like the God's not listening. Sometimes it seems like we're so down that even when we pray, we're not being heard or that we don't even feel like praying. I know that this preaches because there's so many that are down and that are hurting, that are going through so much. But what we've been talking about starting last week and this week is about discouragement and what it does to you and what the Word of God says about it. Now, let's go back and let's read our scriptures. This is kind of a long scripture, but hang in there with me. And if you brought your Bibles, go ahead and turn to it, Exodus chapter 6. Because if you like to mark in your Bibles, I'm going to get you to underline a scripture today. If you don't like to underline, then don't do it. But I like to. It's mine. I like to know what I've learned and be able to go back to it and find it. But that doesn't mean you have to. All right. Are you ready? This is verse 1. Just catch up to me if you don't mind. I need to kind of hustle. Then the Lord said to Moses, Now you shall go and see what I will do to Pharaoh. For under compulsion he shall let them go, and under compulsion he shall, shall drive them out of this land. God spoke further to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord, verse 3, and I appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as God Almighty, but my name, Lord, I did not make myself known to them. I also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan and the land which they so yearned. Verse 5, and furthermore, I have heard the groaning of the sons of Israel because the Egyptians are holding them in bondage, and I have remembered my covenant. Remember that? They've been crying for 400 years, and it says, I have heard them. God hears. Okay, let's keep going. Verse 6, say therefore to the sons of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will bring you from the bondage of Egyptians, and I will deliver you from their bondage, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgment. Verse 7, And I will take you for my people, and I will be your God, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God, who brought you out from under the burden of the Egyptians. Verse 8, And I am bringing you to the land which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and I will give it to you for a possession. I am the Lord. Verse 9, So Moses spoke thus to the sons of Israel, but they did not listen to Moses. Why? On account of their despondency and cruel bondage. Don't, don't go to sleep on me now, church. I know we read this last week. But they did not hear. What did they not hear? They didn't hear the word of the Lord, what he had said he was going to do. Why? Because they were so down. Have you ever been to that point where someone tries to give you a word of encouragement and you couldn't care less what they had to say? In fact, you didn't even believe it. You even started to doubt that God even moved at all. These are the children of Israel, been in bondage for 400 years. Now, real quickly, this is still review why did the children of Israel feel so bad? Why were they so down? See if you can't relate. This is for us to relate to. Their situation seemed hopeless. Something that gives me hope is is actually in the, the midst of Alabama being so hurt. We are not in that condition. Did you know things can be worse? Things can be worse. Their situation seemed hopeless. The Lord literally said, I'm going to have to pry the hands off of Pharaoh to get him to let you go. It has been so dark for so long in Israel. What else? Number two, they had never experienced God's deliverance. You know, something that's so difficult is to tell somebody about the deliverance of God to someone that's never experienced it before. If you've experienced it before it's it's easier to believe for the next breakthrough. Do you agree it's still hard because your problem seems to overwhelm you so many times, but they had never experienced God's deliverance. Why? Because their problem had lasted for so many years, there were so many of these four hundred that were uh, there were so many of these children of Israel for four hundred years that were born into this problem, that were born into this bondage, that were born into this slavery, and thought they would die in it. They had no reason to think they'd ever come out of it because it's all they knew. I'm kind of, I believe I can feel the Spirit of God speaking to me right now saying some of you have been born into some stuff and you think you'll never get out of it. You think it's what it's supposed to be. It's not. God has not given us a spirit of poverty. He has not given us a spirit of depression. He has not given us a spirit of sickness and illness, uh, ailments. That is not my God. But you've been born into it, and you believe it. Your parents were like this. Your grandparents were like this. It must just be the way it is. It isn't. I'm here to tell you today that the Lord would say, it isn't. And how can we hear in the midst of being so down? For generations, they thought that they were born into it. They would die in it. And then finally, they were physically and emotionally exhausted. Can you relate? I know that maybe you'd say, well, Pastor, I'm not in in slavery. I'm not in that type of bondage. But the kind of bondage that you're in is just as powerful. If you're under under, uh, stress and under um, these demonic activities that make you feel low about yourself and make you feel like you can't make it tomorrow, making you feel like you want to take your life, that's bondage. That's real. Let me just tell you, don't second-rate your problem as that it's not big enough to worry about with with God. That's another one of Satan's ways of allowing it to stay. Satan wants these, these demons to stay on your land forever, and you've got to drive them out. The Lord has given you the power to drive them off your land, these things of discouragement, rejection, depression, sickness. You got to drive them out. Anybody with me today? Have you been there? Have you ever been to the point where you just didn't seem like you could hear God or even wanted to hear God? Didn't want to even get with Christians. Who's going to try to encourage you? Maybe not even wanted to go to church. That's where Exodus 6 comes in, and this is where we left off last week, is what I want to call ignored lessons. What do you mean ignored? They didn't hear them. You remember, the children of Israel had said that they didn't hear what Moses said. What did Moses say? That God was going to deliver them, that God was going to rescue them. This was an encouraging word, but they were so down, they didn't listen. R- right? Yes, that's what it said. They didn't listen. Well, church, we need to listen. You may be so down. You may be battling things in your life that are so bad. Well, I want you to know just for a few minutes, shut that off and listen. What do you need to do? You need to pray for just a minute and say, Lord, open my heart and let me hear your word. I am so hurt. I don't feel like hearing anything. But the pastor's saying, there's something here for me today. And you know what? I've got nothing to lose. Let me hear your word. Can you open up your ears and your heart? It's a decision that we've got to make. I would even encourage you before I start talking, come clean before the Lord. Ask the Lord to forgive you of whatever sins you've got in your heart right now, sins that you've got in your life. What is that? That's repentance. You know, it's hard to hear when you've got sin. And I can't do that for you. Your spouse can't do that for you. Let me just pray that. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just ask you to forgive me of any sin that may be in my life, Lord, any known sin or any unknown sin. Lord, I genuinely repent for the thoughts, for the actions. Just ask you to forgive me by the blood of Jesus. Forgive me. Now, let me hear your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. If all you do when you come to church is that right there, you've you've done good. If you can come clean and repent, at least weekly, I would encourage daily, All right. This is what we looked at last week. Number one, I just said this. God hears us when we're hurting. You may have been crying out to God for years and you've gotten no breakthrough. God hears us. Whether we think it or not, whether we feel it or not, he hears us. And I want you to know, even though they didn't hear what he said, what God said was true. God's word wasn't based on how they responded. God's word was true. God delivered them. God's word is true. God hears us. But number two, ignored lessons. The problems that you you and I are going through make it possible for us to know God in a greater way than we would if we hadn't gone through it. Do you follow that? if it wasn't for the problem, I wouldn't have sought God. Have you ever had those problems that were so big that there was no other answer but to seek and trust God? And what's he done in your life? He's come through. I can say that for me. I can't say that for you. I can say that for me, that, it, that through my problems and my discouragement, that it opens up a new dimension of seeing and knowing God. Let's get back into this. Look at verse 3. If you've got your Bibles, look at verse 3. It says, I appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as God Almighty, but my name, the Lord, did not, I did not make myself known to them. Now, if you've got a pen and you don't mind to mark in your Bibles, that last phrase, I did not make myself known to them. Underline that. Isn't that a little questionable? What do you mean? I didn't make myself known to them. Here's what God's saying. God said, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the patriarchs, these great men of God, knew God as God Almighty. And Elizabeth gave this word last week. What is God Almighty? It's El Shaddai. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob knew God as El Shaddai, known as the Almighty God. In fact, it means the God who is on the mountain, the God who is everything, the powerful Almighty God. He said to the, to the, he said to the patriarchs, I was known as the God, as the Almighty God. But he said, I was not known to them as Yahweh or Jehovah. In other words, he's saying, I'm about to reveal myself to these Hebrew slaves in a new way. In a way that I've never revealed myself, even to the greatest men that have ever lived. I'm about to reveal myself in a new way. Let me tell you, God is God, but at different places in our journey, He reveals Himself in new ways to us. Most of these revelations of God come to us during dif- difficult times. I believe that, that God in all His attributes, He is the great I Am. But here's what I'm saying, with all the attributes of God... As we walk through this journey, there are times and snags in our lives that God has to show us another attribute that's always been there, but we've just not been ready to receive it. I look back at the journey of Elizabeth and myself here at this church for the last 10 years. We've been in this church for 14 years, but we've been serving in ministry for just over 10 years. And I can tell you that through some of the struggles that through some of the things that I've learned about God that I'd never learned at any other time is that God is my provider. You know, I've always known God as my provider. I've always known him as my provider, but not at the level that he has revealed himself to me. He has delivered Elizabeth and myself out of personal financial crisis. He has delivered this church out of financial crisis for no reason. I can't I can't I can't tell you why except that God is that kind of God. I can't tell you we did anything right. I want to think we did some things right, but you know what? I can't take that credit. Those of you that served with me from the very beginning knows that the Lord just did a miracle on us, starting with month one. And in the same time, Elizabeth and I, as we started to get into ministry, our finances just went so sour. But through Joe McGee and through us being diligent in God's word, God did a miracle in our life. God is a provider, and if it wasn't for that struggle, I think we would still be in bad shape with our finances. We needed the struggle to learn how to get by, how to do it right. Had God done it my way, I would be ruined. Had God delivered me the way I thought I needed to be delivered, I would be ruined. I'd be spoiled, I'd be worth nothing. Instead, God made me go, I don't want to say God made me go through these things, but through these things that I went through, God revealed himself to me, and he delivered me, and he delivered us. Are the things that you've gone through, have they helped bring you to God? Well, that's where you are today. The things that you're going through is an opportunity for you to grow closer to God and for God to reveal himself. Do you remember? I've told this story a hundred times. Ruth Ann having that motorcycle accident. You know I still get teared up trying just imagining I would have ripped her hair out of her head if I could have just gotten a hold of her and pulled her off of that motorcycle. I would have hurt her so bad in order to get her off of it, but I would have got her off of it. But she was just out of my reach. These problems that you're going through are just out of your reach. They are not for you to reach. They're for God to reach. And I'm screaming, she's yelling, daddy, I'm screaming, Jesus. And she's got a hold of the gas. And you know when you freeze up, she's five years old or whatever, an idiot. I'm an idiot for putting her on it. She's got a hold of it and froze up wide open. Here she goes, has this crash, just bashes her head. Doctor right there with us said, take her straight to the ER. Let's go get a CAT scan. We've got to make sure she's okay. And here I am holding, holding her with blood all over my shirt, just praying, Hopeless. Not hopeless. Helpless. I can't control it. And finally, the Lord revealed himself to me to, to know to say, God, this is God, only the Holy Spirit could have given me this. Now is the time for you to show me how great you are. Where, what you're going through, now's the time for God to show you how great he is. God is great. And I don't care how bad your situation is. God can work all things for good. For those that love him and are called to his purpose. I want to encourage you to engage that scripture. You've got to turn to the Lord. And you've got to give that problem up and say, here she is. I can't control this. It's not my calling to heal her. God's the healer. I would heal her if I could. I can't. You have to do it. You know what God said? I got it. Got the CAT scan. Everything was fine. There had to be some healing. That skin's still trying to heal on her knee. That's been... Ten years, no, five years, was she seven? Yeah, five years. Doesn't mean healing doesn't have to take place, it does. But God did the miracle. And I want you to know I felt this yesterday as I was praying for this service, God desires to do a miracle in your life. Who was it that we just talked to, it was Ben Crace about how, uh, I can't remember how he phrased it. but. The only way that God revealed himself in, in certain days years and years ago were through miracles and signs and wonders. That's still the God we serve. <clears throat> Do you need a miracle to get out of what you're going through? Hallelujah. Let go of it and let the Lord have it. The Lord wants to show himself to you in a new way. I've got no idea what, with what you're going through. But God does. And do you know, we've heard that God is the great I am, but do you know who else He is? He's the God of I will. Do you know that in this scripture He says that I believe eight times? Eight times. Verse 1, if we go back, it says, I will go to Pharaoh. Verse 6 says, I will bring you out from under bondage. I will deliver you from bondage. I will redeem you. Verse 7, I will take you as my people. I will be your God. Verse 8, I will bring you to the land. I will give it to you as a possession. I will, I will, I will, I will. He is saying, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob never saw me interface with them as continually as I'm going to interface with you. What is he saying? He's saying, I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to walk with you in your bondage. I'm going to come down into your slavery. I'm going to walk with you during the plagues. I'm going to walk with you during Passover. When you get out of Egypt, I'm going to be with you at the Red Seas, and I'm going to walk across that river with you. And you know what? When you're in the desert, I'm going to be a cloud during the day, and I'm going to be a fire at night. I will be with you. As I close, let's try to just apply this real quickly. Number one, look and listen to what God is trying to show you right now. Look and listen. You know what God was saying to Abraham when, he was, when he, God was saying to Moses through that scripture is, your people have got their focus on their problem. I want you to get their focus on me. we've got to get our focus off of the problem and turn it to the Lord. Let me tell you, your problem's not going anywhere. It'll be fine. Turn your focus back to the Lord. Get in the Word. Get into worship. Get in the Word. Get into prayer. Take this time as a time for growth. What am I supposed to get here? What am I supposed to learn? Because... For goodness sakes, I don't want to go through it again. Our school system will pass you sometimes even when you're not ready to pass. God won't do that. God will make sure you pass the test before you go to the next step. Next, focus on God and not on your problem. I've said this before. Don't tell God how big the mountain is. Tell the mountain how big God is. And then finally, Take action now. There are people that we work with that like to wallow waller, in their problem. They don't want out of their problem. They just want to talk about it and say how bad things are and just say how they're the victim. And you know what? They, they don't want any help out. You've got to want to get out. The prodigal son had to make a choice to leave the pig pen. You have to make a choice today. Choose the, the way out. It's between you and God. Let's just pray together. I just encourage you just to pray with me just for a minute and just say, God, I just, I just come to you this morning. You're enough. You are enough and not something else. It's not you and someone else. It's not you and something else. You are sufficient for the needs of my life. God, you are the God of more than enough. And as you bow your heads, you may be at a place where you just don't even feel like it. You just don't even trust anymore. Well, I want to encourage you to lay your feelings aside. And just say out of your mouth, Lord God, I trust you. I trust you. And Lord, you know the things that I'm going through. And Lord, my hands are so close, I can almost touch it, but I can't get it. Now's the time for you to show me how great you are. Help me, Lord Jesus, in what I'm going through. Lord, your word says in Romans eight twenty eight that you work all things. You work for good all things. Well, Lord, I hold you to your word. And I believe that you are faithful. You know, Scripture says he is faithful even when we're not faithful. Father, we love you. And this morning, we just give thanks for you. You are a marvelous, wonderful God. You are faithful to us. I thank you, Lord, that you're not just the great I am. You are the God that says, I will. I will rescue you. I will deliver you. And Lord, as we pray this morning, just ask that those who have come discouraged will begin to get a glimpse of who you are that their faith would take hold and Lord, that they would begin to see you in a new way, a personal God, a friend that hears and a friend that cares. Rescue us in our, in our problems. Rescue us in our sin. Lord, we've turned to you this morning. Do you know Jesus? Have you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and savior? encourage you right now just to confess Jesus as Lord in your life, to believe that he was raised from the dead, and that he is now in heaven at the right hand of the Father. Father, I thank you in the the history of this church that you have rescued us. I thank you that we have history of you delivering us, of you healing us. Do it again, Lord. Do it again, Lord. As Pastor Robert said, Lord, soften our hearts that we would receive your word. You know, that word's not for the sinners. That word's for the church. Help us to see that we don't have it all together, that we need you more now than we've ever needed you. Help us, Lord. If you're here this morning and you just need prayer, you just need somebody to to support you, just to pray with you, to stand with you, I just want to open this altar up. Those that are ministering would step on out. Just stand up with me just a moment. We're going to sing. And if you have never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you desire to, step out this morning and let us pray with you. If you desire to have the baptism in the Holy Spirit, we want to pray with you this morning. If you have a desire for more of God, step out and let us pray with you. In Jesus' name, amen.